story three of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story three making his mark black hat was in eighteen fifty one about as peaceful and well-regulated a village as could be found in the united states it was not on the road to any place so it grew but little the dirt paid steadily and well so but few of the original settlers went away the march of civilization with its churches and circuses had not yet reached black hat marriages never convulsed the settlement with the pet excitement of villagers generally and the inhabitants were never arrayed at swords point by either religion politics or newspapers to be sure the boys gambled every evening and all day sunday but a famous player who once passed that way on a prospecting trip declared that even a preacher would get sick of such playing for as everybody knew everybody else's game and as all men who played other than squarely had long since been required to leave there was an utter absence of pistols at the table occasionally disagreements took place to be sure they have been taking place even among the best people since the days of cain and abel but all difficulties at black hat which did not succumb to force of jaw were quietly locked in the bosoms of the disputants until the first sunday sunday at black hat orthodoxically commenced at sunset on saturday and was piously extended through to working time on monday morning and during this period of thirty-six hours there was submitted to arbitrament by knife or pistol all unfinished rows of the week on sunday was also performed all of the hard drinking at black hat but through the week the inhabitants worked as steadily and lived as peacefully as if surrounded by church steeples courthouses and jails whether owing to the inevitable visitations of the great disturber of affairs at the garden of eden or only in the due course of that development which affects communities as well as species we know not but certain it is that suddenly the city fathers at black hat began to wear thoughtful faces and wrinkled brows to indulge in unusual periods of silence and to drink and smoke as if these consoling occupations were pursued more as a matter of habit than of enjoyment the prime cause of the uneasiness of these good men was a red-faced red-haired red-whiskered fellow who had been nicknamed captain on account of the military cut of the whiskers mentioned above the captain was quite a good fellow but he was suffering severely from the last infirmity of noble minds ambition he had gone west to make a reputation and so openly did he work for it that no one doubted his object and so untiring and convincing was he that in two short weeks he had persuaded the weaker of the brethren at black hat that things in general were considerably out of joint and as a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump every man at black hat was soon discussing the captain's criticisms and was neglecting the more peaceful matters of cards and drink which had previously occupied their leisure hours 
the captain was always fully charged with opinions on every subject and his eloquent voice was heard at length on even the smallest matter that interested the camp one day a disloyal miner remarked captain's jaws is a regular air trigger reckon he'll run the camp when whitey leaves straightway a devout respecter of the powers that be carried the remark to whitey the chief of the camp now it happened that whitey an immense but very peaceable and sensible fellow had just been discussing with some of his adherents the probable designs of the captain and this new report seemed to arrive just in time for whitey instantly said larry goes again do you see poking his shovel in all round now if the boys want me to leave they can say so and i'll go tain't the easiest claim in the world to work runnin this camp ain't and i'll never hanker to be chief nowhere else but seein i've stuck to the boys and seen em through from the fust twouldn't be exactly gentlemanly pears to me and for a moment whitey hid his emotions in a tin cup from which escaped perfumes suggesting the rye fields of kentucky nobody wants you to go whitey said wolverine one of the chief's most faithful supporters didn't you kick that new hampshire fellow out of camp when he kept a sayin the saloon was the gates of hell well said the chief with a flush of modest pride i don't deny it but i won't remind the boys of it if they forgot it and didn't you go to work said another when all the fellers was a-askin what was to be done with them chineseers didn't you just order the boys to clean em out to onct that ain't the best thing you done neither exclaimed a third i wonder does any of them galoots forget how the saloon got afire when everybody was asleep how the chief turned out the camp and after the barkeeper got out the door how the chief rushed in and rolled out all three of the barrels and then went dead bent for the river with his clothes all ablazin where we been for a couple of weeks if it hadn't been for them barrels the remembrance of this gallant act so affected wolverine that he exclaimed whitey we'll stick to yer like tar and feather and if captain and his friends get troublesome we'll just show em the trail and suggest they big enough to get up a concern of their own instead of trying to steal somebody else's the chief felt that he was still dear to the hearts of his subjects and so many took pains that day to renew their allegiance that he grew magnanimous in fact when the chief that evening invited the boys to drink he pushed his own particular bottle to the captain an attention as delicate as that displayed by a clergyman when he invites into his pulpit the minister of a different creed still the captain labored so often did the latter stand treat that the barkeeper suddenly ran short of liquor and was compelled for a week to restrict general treats to three per diem until he could lay in a fresh stock the captain could hit corks and half dollars in the air almost every time but no opportunity occurred in which he could exercise his marksmanship for the benefit of the camp he also told any number of good stories at which the boys whitey included laughed heartily he sang jolly songs with a very fair tenor voice and all the boys joined in the chorus and he played a banjo in style which always set the boys to capering as gracefully as a crowd of bachelor bears but still whitey remained in camp and in office 
and the captain who was as humane as he was ambitious had no idea of attempting to remove the old chief by force on monday night the whole camp retired early and slept soundly monday had at all times a very short evening at black hat for the boys were generally weary after the duties and excitements of sunday but on this particular monday a slide had threatened on the hillside and the boys had been hard at work cutting and carrying huge logs to make a break or barricade so soon after supper they took a drink or two and sprinkled to their several huts and black hat was at peace there were no dogs or cats to make night hideous no uneasy roosters to be sounding alarm at unearthly hours no horrible policemen thumping the sidewalks with clubs no fashionable or dissipated people rattling about in carriages excepting an occasional cough or sneeze or overloud snore the most perfect peace reigned at black hat suddenly a low but heavy rumble and a trembling of the ground roused every man in camp and rushing out of their huts the miners saw a mass of stone and earth had been loosened far up the hillside and were breaking over the barricade in one place and coming down in a perfect torrent they were fortunately moving toward the river on a line obstructed by no houses though the hut of old miller who was very sick was close to the rocky torrent but while they stared a young pine tree perhaps a foot thick which had been torn loose by the rocks and brought down by them suddenly tumbled root first over a steep rock a few feet in front of old miller's door the leverage exerted by the lower portion of the stem threw the whole tree into a vertical position for an instant then it caught the wind tottered and finally fell directly on the front of old miller's hut crushing in the gable and a portion of the front door and threatening the hut and its unfortunate occupant with immediate destruction a deep groan and many terrible oaths burst from the boys and then with one impulse they rushed to the tree and attempted to move it but it lay at an angle of about forty-five degrees from the horizontal its roots heavy with dirt on the ground in front of the door and its top high in the air the boys could only lift the lower portion but should they do so then the hut would be entirely crushed by the full weight of the tree there was no window through which they could get miller out and there was no knowing how long the frail hut could resist the weight of the tree suddenly a well-known voice was heard shouting keep your head level miller old chap we'll have you out of that in no time hurry up somebody and borrow the barkeeper's ropes while i'm cuttin throw a rope over the top and when she commences to go haul all together and suddenly then twill clear the hut in an instant later the boys saw by the bright moonlight the captain bareheaded barefooted with open shirt standing on the tree directly over the crushed gable and chopping with frantic rapidity hooray for cap'n shouted some one hooray replied the crowd and a feeble hooray was heard from between the logs of old miller's hut two or three men came hurrying back with the ropes and one of them was dexterously thrown across a branch of the tree then the boys distributed themselves along both ends of the rope easy screamed the captain plenty of time i'll give the word when i say now pull quick and together 
i won't be long and big chips flew in undiminished quantity while a commendatory murmur ran along both lines of men and whitey the chief knelt with his lips to one of the chinks of the hut and assured old miller that he was perfectly safe now shrieked the captain suddenly in his excitement he stepped toward the top instead of the root of the tree in an instant the top of the tree was snatched from the hut but it tossed the unfortunate captain into the air as easily as a sling tosses a stone everyone rushed to the spot where he had fallen they found him senseless and carried him to the saloon where the candles were already lighted one of the miners who had been a doctor promptly examined his bruises and exclaimed he's two or three broken ribs that's all it's a wonder he didn't break every bone in his body he'll be around all right inside of a month gentlemen said whitey i resign all in favor of the captain will please say aye aye replied every one i don't put the nose continued whitey cause i'm a peaceable man and don't want to have to kick any man mean enough to vote no captain you're boss of this camp and i'm yourn obediently the captain opened his eyes slowly and replied i'm much obliged boys but i won't give whitey the trouble doctor's mistaken there's something broken inside and i haven't got many minutes more to live do your best captain said the barkeeper encouragingly promise me you'll stay alive and i'll go straight down to frisco and get you all the champagne you can drink you're very kind replied the captain faintly but i'm sent for and i've got to go i've left the east to make my mark but i didn't expect to make it in real estate whitey i was a fool for wanting to be chief of black hat and you've forgiven me like a gentleman and a christian it's getting dark I i'm thirsty I I i'm gone gone the doctor felt the captain's wrist and said fact gentlemen he's panned his last dirt do the honors boys said the barkeeper placing glasses along the bar each man filled his glass and all looked at whitey boys said whitey solemnly if the captain had struck a nugget good luck might a spiled him and he'd a been chief of black hat or any other place he might have got shot but he's made his mark so nobody begrudges him and nobody can rub it out so here's to the captain's mark a dead sure thing bottoms up the glasses were emptied in silence and turned bottoms uppermost on the bar the boys were slowly dispersing when one who was strongly suspected of having been a church member remarked he was took of a sudden so he shouldn't be stuck up whitey turned to him and replied with some asperity young man you'll be lucky if you're stuck up as high as the captain and all the boys understood what whitey meant End of story three.